Let's get up close today on on a topic that has angered a lot of people. It's been alleged that the South Korean Army's Defence Security Command's been considering or had considered in the past declaring martial law if rallies opposing then-President Park Geun-hye grew violent. This was um, especially pertinent after a constitutional court ruling on her impeachment early last year. The feeling was that if the court had said, uh, actually, no, she shouldn't be impeached, then there might have been chaos. Still, would that have been justification for a military situation? President Moon Jae-in's ordered the formation of an independent investigation to look into this allegation further. Jung Hwang, independent legal researcher with Law Quant LLC, helps us get up close today. Good morning. Morning, Alex. And I mean, it, it, I think this would be sensitive anywhere, but it's particularly sensitive here because of our recent military history. Exactly. For those of you, especially the expert listeners who do not know recent South Korean history, I mean, the last 60 years, South Korea had two military coup d'etats that led to a long military dictatorships. And, you know, the historical kind of you know, judgment on those two coup d'etats are not really 100% you know, settled in, in South Korea and you know, current politics are strongly uh, you know, affected by that, especially the former president Park Geun-hye herself, his daughter of the, the first successful coup d'etat leader, Park Jong-hye. So in, in a sense, this is, you know, is as sensitive as you can get in the Korean politics at these days. Exactly right. So was this a true effort, though? I mean, let's try to look at this in the cold light of day without any emotion, without uh, all the right. baggage that comes with the Park administration. As hard as it is, let's as try. As hard as it is. Was this something we can say uh, was a an attempt to crack down on candlelight rallies? So already in you know, the opposition party, as well as some conservative newspapers out there, are sort of saying that, hey, this is going too much. I mean, look, we have military threat from North Korea. So of course, the Korean military should be thinking about all contingencies. And this was just an effort to actually you know, keep the domestic order. If you look at the document, it specifically mentions North Korean threat. So therefore, why shouldn't the military be, uh, be planning for any contingencies? This was you know, no effort for the coup d'etat. At least that's the kind of uh, the line of reasoning that you're hearing. Also, you know, and you know, you can interrupt me if, you, if this sounds familiar. Some people are also saying that, well, it's not really the big deal that this document was prepared. That the, the, the bigger problem is that this sensitive document was leaked. We should, we should be there investigating the leak, not the document itself. Mm, leaked documents certainly have been... Um a source of all sorts of interesting news in the last few years. But could the independent investigation actually be truly effective? We were just saying or hinting a moment ago how hard it is to ignore the baggage. Oh, well, of course. And not just the baggage. Now, even if it's, this is supposed to be an independent investigation, it's really still internal military investigation. What the Korean military has decided to do was to, you know, since Korean military is largely dominated by the army, they decided to pull investigators from the Air Force and Navy who are supposed to be, you know, a little more detached from the Army, you know, line of command and, and you know, all kinds of human connections so that, so quote-unquote, the independent investigation means that it's still military investigators yet it's coming from the different branches and hopefully that will give it a, some kind of independence, but, you know, we are still talking about military men who are you know, subject to the line of command and the current, uh, you know, the defense minister who comes from the naval line he's also been accused of sort of of, you know, sort of holding on to this document, not saying anything about it for about four months. So whether this becomes a you know, truly independent commission is really anyone's guess. 
And just to pause there on the politics of this, it's fascinating, I think, the way the knives are being sharpened on all sides. There's this uh, uh, still attack on a Conservative administration that's now in the recent past, but still comes under a lot of scrutiny. On the other hand, the current Defence Minister is under a lot of political Mm -hmm. pressure from opposition groups who'd uh, like to see him out of the picture. Exactly. But at the same time, I think this is also kind of a slow process we're still going through about, you know, what what has been going on during the Park Geun-hye administration. And the opposition party will love nothing better to sort of shift the, you know, the, the debate you know, to some, some other way, you know, talking about leaks and, and how you know, ineffective the current defense minister is and how ineffective the current administration's uh, policy with respect to North Korea is. But the fact of the matter is that if... You know, you have the document now. The document is now available for anyone to see. It's available on internet. You know, released by an NGO. And, you know, you really have to, you know, sit few people down who are connected with the document and say, okay, you know, document says one thing, what were you really thinking? I mean, whether you can actually get to the truth of it, much less any kind of criminal indictment, I think, you know, it's really kind of incumbent to sort of get to the bottom of this. Had we actually seen an attempt at martial law, though, what would have happened? Would it have succeeded even? Well, that's a fascinating question, right? I mean, so... As I said, in the recent history, we had two successful coup, coup d'etats in South Korea, one in 61 and one in 1979. And, there were, and the, I guess the most recent corresponding event that may, may shed some light is that in 1987, there was a big democratic uprising in the June, the famous June 1987 movement. And then... At that time, the military uh, military dictatorship, uh, the, the administration, actually did think about the decurring martial law. But uh, at least within the military, you know, command, you know, various people basically uh, testified that they uh, said in various, you know, autobiographies that they, you know the, the, the military isn't really going to respond well. So you know, you think about that kind of a judgment in 1987, and then you fast forward to 2017. You know, maybe the military itself would ever find itself in in subordination. Would have found some kind of civil war. I mean, if you actually look at the documents, it had you know specific movements of you know various military divisions, mechanized divisions. So we're talking about tanks rolling into Seoul. You know, the young men who will be you know manning those tanks would they have actually followed those orders if they well. said you know go to Gwanghwamun and you know. Shoot few bullets into into the crowd. I mean, who knows? Well, we had already seen young police officers firing powerful water cannons uh, in the months before, hadn't we? Definitely. I mean, b- before the candlelight rallies. So, and then actually, the police actually kind of pulled back, and more had. or less, that their tactics became a lot more muted. As in, you know, no more water cannons, actually. And if you recall, candlelight rallies, as massive as they were, they were quite r- largely peaceful. I mean, if you think about millions and millions of people showing up and not that much you know, physical damage being done, it was you know kind of I- I- impressive, massive, peaceful the demonstrations. To think that you know martial law was occurring at the back of some of the military minds, that does send some chill down your backs. Very briefly, what's likely to happen next? I think... Of all the uh, scandals that have been uncovered so far, I think this really hits kind of the nerve the most. I mean, especially the current political figures in the ruling party. They've had, you know, they were directly, you know, kind of uh, victims of past military dictatorships. So I think 
this really hits, hits a close nerve, as well as people who partic- participated in candlelight rallies, which you know, number in you know, millions, you know, to think that they could have faced tanks. I think it really does also you know, touch on uh, you know, nerves. So I think this will go on for quite some time. Zhang Huang, independent legal researcher with LawQuant LLC, helping us get up close today. Thank you. Thank you very much.